Welcome to the Real Flow Podcast. This is your host and writer for Your Entertainment Corner, Kelsey Loisel. And with me today is my co-host. Mark Salcedo. Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, managing editor and writer at ScreenGeek.net. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Guess what? What? You know how you draw out the M's and the N's? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's your way of telling the consonants of the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Your ass is six months overdue and it's mine. <laughs> you kind of stretched yourself on that one. I did. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. It's okay. We, they all can be winners. It was for me. I know. That's all that matters. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Real Appeal. That's two E's in real. You can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. Um, if you could please review us on iTunes and we will get noticed. And this week, our segments are the news, our recent review of Mortal Kombat, Variety Time, which is Tales from the Street Fighter movie, and our geriatric cinematic is Street Fighter. And the topic, Mark? Button mashing in live action. You're proud of yourself for that one. I am. Hell yeah. Hey, Mark. High five. All right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but you didn't put, you put the G Mm -hmm. in button mashing when you wrote it in the docket, so I didn't get that till you actually said it the Mm -hmm. right way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like it more. I know, I know, I know. All right, so in the news. Okay, so what recently happened? Oh, okay. Let me just kind of give you folks a spoiler warning. Spoiler warning, spoiler warning, spoiler warning for uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so Cap- Captain America 4 is in the works. Uh, Fal- the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, showrunner Malcolm Spillman is set to uh, write it. Uh, he's going to be uh, working on the script. He's also going to be working with. Uh, so it's like Spillman is going to be co-writing with Daniel Musin. Dallin. Dallin Musin, uh, a staff writer on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, no casting has been set yet, uh, but Friday's episode. This, this is past Friday episode offers plenty of roads for the features to take. Um, I'm. I got so stoked when I saw this news, uh, because, I mean, if y'all been living underneath a fucking rock, we got a new Captain America. Mm-hmm. It's fucking. It's it's uh, Sam Wilson, and he's black, and he's black. You know, he ain't black Captain America. He's Captain America. Exactly. Bam. That's he's it. Blacked in American. <laughs> <laughs> blacked in America. All yeah. right, folks. That's it for tonight. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, so no director is attached to it. Um, Chris Evans is not said to be involved uh, with this. I think I, I heard a rumor that supposedly they are doing another Captain America movie, but like separate from this one, like um, Steve Rogers kind of story. And I already have an idea where they can take it, if that's the case, because this has to do with like the whole House of Am scenario where we see Steve Rogers and he's older and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Uh, but like that, that part's straight up rumor. It hasn't been confirmed or anything like that. Um, but yeah, as, as pretty much, I think like maybe like a half hour after that season finale for Captain America four, I mean, I'm sorry for, uh, the Falcon and the winter soldier, 
it was like, boom, Captain America 4 has been confirmed. Mm-hmm. Like that. And, I, and Marvel knew what the fuck they were doing, especially like with that episode. Yeah. Because that was a... That title card at the end. Oh, yeah. When it said uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes! Yes! It was like so fucking stoked. <laughs> um, I, I've had time to rethink about that episode. Like, it is kind of like shaky a little bit. Like some of because they kind of like move the plot really fucking fast with the uh, flag smashers. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they, they stuck the landing. Like as soon as that shit happened, like you know we get Sam Wilson as the new Captain America. I was like, all right, I'm totally for this shit. Exactly. Yeah, love it. Love it. You want to talk about the Oscars? <sighs> all right. So Oscars happened just this past Sunday. Um, here are the winners. Uh, international film, another round, Denmark. Uh, film editing, I want to mention this. Uh, Sound of Metal, uh, Michael E. Nelson, Nielsen. Sorry, um, I want to mention this because I thought the editing in uh, The Father was great. I thought that was a surefire to win. Mm. Um, original score, Soul, Trent Reznor, asking Atticus Ross, Atticus Ross, Roth, <laughs> and John. What I say, Batista? Batiste. Batiste. Um, I think this is so hilarious because. Trent Reznor, the lead singer, the the the, the nine-inch nails guy, <laughs> head like a hole, black as your soul. I want, I rather die. <laughs> the uh, star fuck like there's a, there's literally a song called Star Fucker. <laughs> you know, uh, 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 downward spiral album closer in the lyrics it says, "I want to fuck you like an animal." This man won an Oscar for a Disney film. <laughs> And not to like discredit him, like the dude, like I love Trent Reznor. You love well. him, like he's been like knocking everything out of the park. Plus, yeah. I feel like he's been stretching his legs too, like with mm-hmm. soul. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Different absolutely. things where it's not all like electronic or yeah. you know bassy or whatever. Well, that's and that's a funny thing because I didn't realize it, but like Mank was like nominated for best original score, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, mm-hmm. so they were nominated twice in the same category. I was just like, well, if one if they don't win, something's wrong. <laughs> um animated feature soul i mean we, we all we kind of, figured that was gonna that be was gonna happen yeah um adapted screenplay was the father i was i was bothered by that because i thought white tiger should have won white tiger was great um original screenplay promising young woman uh emerald fennel fennel i was saying her name wrong um what, what was your pick for screenplay original screenplay I don't remember. It wasn't that one. It was one of the. Um, um, I know, like I, I believe it was what Minari, right? Yeah. Yeah, I thought Minari was gonna win. I uh, Lee, um, what's his name? Lee Isaac Chung. I thought his script was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, best director, uh, Chloe Zhao, or uh, yeah, I think Zhao. She, Zhao. Yeah, I'm sorry, I had to correct that. Thank you. Uh, Chloe Zhao won for Nomadland. Um, she is the first woman of color and second woman overall to win the Oscar yeah. for Best Director. So another historical event. Um, Best Supporting Actor, Dan Coulier for Judas and the Black Messiah. All for that. Uh, oh, this one we really got stoked on. <laughs> Best Supporting Actress was uh, Yu, Yu Jung-yoon for Minari. Mm-hmm. Kelsey and I both loved her performance in Minari. And we are just like, she's got to win. That was it. That but we a, were just kind of like, she's not going to fucking win. We were, yeah. already, we were getting mad before they even called it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh, I forgot. Okay, yeah. Um, best, best actress was Frances McDormand. 
uh, for Nomadland. We'll save our thoughts on that in a little bit. Best Picture, Nomadland. I was going for Sound of Metal. Uh, you, I wanted, I think... I think you want a Minari. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think so. Yeah, I thought... I thought Sound of Metal was great. Kelsey thought Minari was great. I could have went for Minari or Sound of Metal, but I was at something about Sound of Metal more stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Best Actor, this was like the biggest upset of the show. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins in The Father. Mm. Now, not to discredit Anthony Hopkins, the dude is a phenomenal actor, right? Uh, he gave a a phenomenal performance. But... Everybody assumed that Chadwick Boseman was going to win for mm-hmm. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And not just because he died. Mm-hmm. Like, he actually did a, an amazing job. Well, one of the factors actually to that was, like, the fact that, like, this dude was literally dying while making this film. Yeah. And he still gave, like, a great performance. Mm-hmm. Um, they even, like, stirred a ceremony. They even kind of set it up, like, yeah, Chadwick is going to win. That's why they, because they they started calling, like, Best Picture. We're like, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Okay, so we're going to talk about, so, you know, those are the winners. And he, here are, are all th- all, all our thoughts on, on it. On it. Um, so you want to take the first one? Because I know we both kind of, these are kind of both of our thoughts on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Minari's Yajung Yoon, she roasted people at the Oscars <laughs> yeah. for like a plethora of things. Yeah. But one of them was saying how people get her name wrong. She goes, actually, my name is uh, Yajung Yoon. Mm. And most European people call me Yajung, and some of them call me Yujung. But tonight, draw forgiven. <laughs> yeah. She was saying something about how, you know, I worked hard. Like, you know, my kids made me have to go to work. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's their fault that I had to work. Yeah. So. And, she, and she was even clowning on Brad Pitt. She was like, Brad Pitt, why weren't you there on set with us? What, what was up? <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, there was the whole Glenn Close thing doing the butt. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like pretty fun. I remember Kelsey and I were like cracking up about that. Mm-hmm. But apparently like that was actually scripted. But then someone said that it's not scripted. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what happened was that um, Close's publicist had actually told NBC News uh, through an email saying um, the quiz, as noted, was requested of the participants and, the, and partially scripted. The dance was not scripted. So that whole dancing thing was c- completely hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was on Twitter like while watching this, and people were just like, "Yes, we love Glenn Close. She's invited to the cookout." Like also, <laughs> but even that's the thing. Like, even if it's like, even if like that part was scripted, I don't know. Glenn Close like really sold it well. Like, oh shit, oh shit, yeah, sure. Glenn Close would probably know stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, she's not a closed-minded individual. She looks like she hangs out with fucking everybody. Yeah. Um. The journalist has said, I also wrote the reporter to testify that the dance was not scripted. It happened then and there. Uh, the publicist added, I was, as, I was as surprised as everyone else in the universe. Um, so that was good. Uh, you want to talk about Andrew Day? But what she said, well, we were laughing her asses. I, was I, so good. I love her now. Yeah. Like, I was annoyed by her pretentious ass song. Uh-huh. Because, and everyone overplays that shit. Mm. But I love her now because, like, they were talking about, you know, if Prince's Purple Rain soundtrack ever won the Oscar, mm. um, but it wasn't even nominated, right? And she Yeah, goes, the Purple Rain song was, wasn't nominated. Yeah, like the soundtrack for Purple Rain, what, like the, um, the like, score. Yeah, the score won. Yeah, yeah. 
but not that not that song or like any of the actual songs, uh-huh. right? So, um, <laughs> so Andrew Day was like, "That sounds about right." And she goes, "Here, take this, take the mic. Like, I'm, I'm fucking done." <laughs> yeah, because it was just like, how does? Because it's so messy. It was like, how does that song not win? How was it not even nominated? You know, mm. it's it's so fucked up. But yeah, I mean, um, I like I love that Purple Rain soundtrack. I I play that around you, but I but I I'm sure like it's not ringing a bell for you. But I'm sure if I put it on, you'd be like, oh yeah, I remember this, this mm-hmm. and everything. That's a great. I was actually sound. debating a Prince album when we were there. This week, really? Mm-hmm. I should see. That's the thing. I should have gave. I should have put you in the gave you Purple Rain and be like, all right, start with this and then work your way back. That and also I was thinking because um that um. Major Tom song. The David Bowie one? I heard that one. I don't mm. know if it was at Amoeba, but I was like, damn. I want that. Uh, I think Major <laughs> Tom is Ziggy Stardust and Spiders of Mars. I think that's on. I think that's that's that album. Um, okay, so here's the big thing. All right. So while Kelsey and I were watching the Oscars, uh, we were kind of noticed. We like noticed like they jumped to like best picture. Mm-hmm. And normally, like if, if anybody watches the Oscars, it's normally like uh, best actress, best uh, best actress, actress, best actor, and then it goes to the best picture, and that's like the big like oh shit, you know, here is the best picture of the year, but they did the best picture second to last, mm-hmm. and I remember thinking like wait did 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 we skip it? Did they did we miss it or some yeah. shit like that? Um, I'm looking on Twitter. I'm just like no, they are looking on like websites. I'm like no, they haven't announced it. What the fuck? And then the nominees for Best Actor was um, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal, uh, Steven Yeun for Minari, uh, Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, and Anthony Hopkins, I think that was it, for The Father. Mm-hmm. And um, people, the people were already just like, Chadwick Boseman's going to win. Well, you uh, could see the look on these guys' faces already mm-hmm. whenever the camera would be on them. They were like, Already kind of like, yeah, I know I'm not going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was um, I was honestly hoping that Riz, Riz Ahmed's uh, performance was going to get him the Oscar because I, you know, Chadwick Boseman was like, did a great job. But something about Riz Ahmed, I was like, it's like I said, that one stuck with me as well. Like I, so I, like I said, I, I enjoy Sound of Metal like so much. So I'm thinking, all right, that's going to he's going to win. I just for think that. you connected with that story. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Yeah. And then like. Fucking Anthony Hopkins wins, <laughs> and every, and you can tell people in the theater were like, "What?" <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, what's his name? It was Joaquin Phoenix. You know, uh, normally how it works out during the Oscars is the previous winner like announces the nominees and the winner as well, and he was just like, "Anthony Hopkins gonna be here, so uh, we accept the Oscar and his." The Academy accepts his Oscar in his absence, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And, like, that was it. And, <laughs> fuck, Twitter was on fucking fire that night. <laughs> I think I saw mm-hmm. you repost somebody who was like, you know, fucking Anthony Hopkins won the award for best actor, and he couldn't even fucking be here. Yeah. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was so fucked. He couldn't yeah. even fucking show up to get his award. Yeah, yeah, and like um, uh, Anthony Hopkins did. He 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 was able to actually like uh, give his thanks and everything. 
from what I heard, okay, so Anthony Hopkins has said this because uh, there's a video online. I think like on his Twitter account or social media, he says, uh, "Here I am in my homeland, Wales, um, at 83 years of age. I did not expect to get this award. He's actually now the oldest person to ever win an Oscar. Um, I really didn't. I'm very grateful for the Academy. I want to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman, who was taken from us uh, far too early." Uh, he continued, I really did not expect this, so I feel very privileged and very honored. At least he's like, whoa, like, I did not expect this, right? Yeah. Um, from what I heard, he he thought he was not going to win. He he purposely did not go to, like, the satellite locations. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, like, went to bed early. He, like, because I think, like, at the time, it was, like, maybe, like, 1 o'clock or something like that over there. Yeah, what? it doesn't make sense for him to be up for that if, one, you don't think you're going to win. Mm-hmm. Two, COVID still exists. Yeah. So, like, why risk it? Yeah, You yeah. know, so just go to bed and whatever. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I saw somebody on Twitter, they pointed this out, and it was, it it seemed, I, I, it seemed very possible that even if, like, Chadwick Boseman didn't win, and if it was anybody else who was there, like, uh, Reza Ahmed or Steven Yeun or whatever, mm-hmm. that they would have definitely given their props at that location at that time to be like, I want to thank, thank for the Academy, but more importantly, they probably would have said something. I, I'm sure they would have given mad props to Pat, Chadwick Boseman mm-hmm. without, a, without a doubt. But it was just like, Joaquin Phoenix was like, and that's it for the awards. That's it. <laughs> and I heard, I don't know if it's true, but I heard that when Anthony Hopkins was set to win, and they knew he wasn't there. They were gonna have Olivia Coleman accept the award for him. Mm-hmm. And Joaquin Phoenix was just like, "No, that's it." Really? Yeah, that's it's a rumor. I don't know if it's true, but that's the rumor. And if that's true, that's fucked up. It is fucked up. Also, <laughs> I kind of like that though. Oh, that he was just like, "Fuck this, we're done." Yeah, <laughs> like, like I like it. Uh-huh. Like it is fucked up because mm. you shouldn't do that to somebody else. But yeah. also, like. He was probably like, this is fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> End this shit right now. Yeah, I mean, so there's that. And there's the fact that, like, um, I think it was an article from, like, USA Today. Um, the article goes, uh, the, uh, they were, the article title, sorry, the article title was, it was a thrilling, it was thrilling to see diversity in this year's Oscars winners. The finale ruined it. Um, the article says, um, these wins made the major awards at the end of the night all more shocking. The race for Best Actor and Actress did not go to the actors of color. Many uh, pronosticators, I think is the word, had expected. Chadwick Boseman and Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Instead, they went to Anthony Hopkins for The Father and Francis McDormand for No Man Land. So that thing with No Man Land, honestly, I honestly think Viola Davis was fucking robbed. I think so, too. Because yeah. the thing is... I've never really thought that Frances McDormand was phenomenal in that role. Mm-hmm. Like, it, I don't think it takes huge acting chops to be socially awkward. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and and then after seeing her, mm-hmm. she just played herself. I, and I was, just, I was just about to say that because this kind of goes to the whole, uh, like, the thing with Brad Pitt uh, when he won for Best Supporting Actor last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, I because I remember you were just like you didn't like give you didn't carry or you were just like I didn't I don't think he should have won it. And I remember my argument was it was Brad Pitt just playing Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. This thing with Francis McDormand, I think it honestly felt like it was Francis McDormand just playing Francis McDormand. Mm-hmm. And I think that would really I think when the the people at the Academy were just like oh yeah that's how she really is all right 
And they went like that. But like, I like Viola Davis's role as Ma Rainey, like, yo, she like physically changed her body for that role. That it was hard, right? Because she became unrecognizable, basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was something in the way she was made up mm-hmm. in Netflix in that show in that movie. Yeah. That I was like, God, she is so, like, she's unattractive and attractive at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Like, there was something really dirty and nasty about it, but mm-hmm. also, like, beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like... And it's totally not Viola Davis. Like, she could get down and dirty, I think, but, like, uh-huh. usually she plays either more class or, like... Or some like, like kind of very, like the like, villain or something. Yeah, like or something. very like stern, like super hard or something and, like that. Yeah, but like educated. Yeah, yeah. And from Ma Rainey, you get she doesn't really have education, but mm. she is very street smart and like sure of herself, and nobody tells her what the fuck to do. Yeah, and it was like not only just like her performance, but her like be able to like bounce off, especially off of like Coleman Domingo and fucking Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. It was like. Like, she would, like, come in, not, like, necessarily, like, steal the scene, because she would, like, because I, I always feel, I always view film, uh, like, the process of filmmaking as, like, a team effort, mm-hmm. right? You bounce off people. They, you have your moments to shine, but uh, you, you allow people their moments to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just dominate everything. Right. Right? And that's what she was. She wasn't dominating everything. She was just, like, boom, my presence is in here, and my performance is elevated by this person. I'm going to elevate their performance, and back and forth, and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's what she did in Ma Rainey. With Francis McDormand, it was just a lot of like, kind of just like wandering around and just like looking and just like, oh, I'm sad here. Oh, I know it's a bit more complex than that. But with Viola Davis, her performance was way more memorable. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that sticks, sticks in my mind about like great performances of like last year is like her and like that part with the whole thing about the Coke bottle. Yeah. About wanting to get Coke. Yeah. Yeah, definitely with the fucking Coke. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, no, I want them to go get me a Coke. Uh-huh. Yeah. And <laughs> For that's, a reason. Yeah. And it was like, it was amazing. And y'all, she got fucking robbed. Yeah. That's like fucked up. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I'd be happy if I never saw Frances McDormand speak as herself ever again. <laughs> Honestly, I'm sorry, but like, she's just kind of wackadoo. Like... She's out there. She's she, Frances McDormand is at that stage in her career where she like doesn't give a fuck anymore, and like that's cool, but like I don't know. It's it, in some cases it can be distracting. Like it, it's totally distracting. Like she's not even. It's like an alien came to the Oscars <laughs> and tried to like talk to people for the first time and that was the first interaction ever yeah like you can have like a meryl street who has this long career that she can now be like i don't give a fuck like but like she still has like some level of i i mean i have my i have my things about meryl street because sometimes she comes off a little too like pretentious Pretentious. yeah yeah Mm -hmm. but i can still give her respect i'm just like yeah i I understand where you're coming from like that Frances mcdormand kind of comes off it seems like she comes off from a lot of anger yeah (laughs) very angry she does and I thought it was cool, but also fucked up at the same time that the mm. fucking director announced her like, oh, yeah, and here's Fern, you know? And she's like, no, Francis McDormand. Yeah. I don't know if that was like a joke or, or No, what. it wasn't. I think she was just trying to be like the, the director was trying to be like. Playful. 
playful. Yeah, like this yeah. is Fern. This is the character, and and she's like, no, like it's kind of like no, bitch. Like I won this award <laughs> as Frances McDormand. Yeah, like yeah. you know, like my name's not Fern. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She's I don't like her. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's the Oscars every year. Didn't we we met Viola Davis? No, no, no. That wasn't Viola Davis. That was um. Oh my God, that was that wasn't Viola Davis. It was okay. um Alfred Witter. That's okay. what we we met Alfred Witter. I at get that those two event. mixed up. I can I can see that, but yeah, shit. Because they're both really fucking amazing too. Yeah, shit. If I met Viola Davis, I'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> parents <laughs> fucking just blow out and shit. <laughs> um. So yeah, that. You know, it's 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 the Oscars. Every I think the only I think the only year that I saw the Oscars and I was like not disappointed was maybe like last year, and that was when like Parasite was just dominating everything. Yeah, because the year before that was the Green Book, right? Yeah, I think the year before that was Green Book, but yeah. I know like another year I was really happy about was when uh, uh, Moonlight. Moonlight. Oh, that was crazy. Fuck, man. That was crazy shit. You know, the one with Jordan Peele when he won for Best Writing? And mm. then when Guillermo del Toro finally won for, like, Best Directing. Mm. Um, those, those might be the same years, but, like, Parasite was great. Yeah, um, Par- that the was great, year they was won great. everything. Yeah, that Parasite year was great. Like, I, fucking Kelsey and I were just, like, screaming and being thrilled about that. But this year, <laughs> yo, you know what, what the is? fuck? Again, you know, it was the Oscars, and they're like, "Yeah, we have a good show." And then they're like, "Oh, Mark and Kelsey didn't have jalapeno poppers." Uh. (laughs) We finally realized it. Fine, we're gonna fuck it up now. Yeah, we have a ritual that we we make jalapeno poppers for the Oscars, and this this year my stomach was just not having it. And we're like, "Oh, we have pizza and wings," and here's what happened. (laughs) So that means next year we're gonna do jalapeno poppers. (laughs) All right, what do we got next? Next, we are going to do our recent review of Mortal Kombat. First learned about this seven years ago. On a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target had superhuman abilities. same marking you do Cole. it's a birthmark what do you mean he was born with it it's not a birthmark cole it means you've been chosen throughout history different cultures all over the world reference a great tournament of champions that dragon marking i think it's an invitation to fight for something known Mortal Kombat. The synopsis is MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against the enemies of Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. Directed by Simon McCoyd, written by Dave Callahan, or Cal, yeah, maybe it is Callahan. Callahan. And Greg Russo. Mm. It stars Louis Tan, Jessica McNamee, Josh Lawson, Joe Taslam, Hiroyuki Sanada. Mm. Um... McCod Brooks. Yeah, I know. McCad. It's McCad. Oh, that was McCod. All right. Uh, Tadanobu Hosano, mm. Chinhan, and Ludai Lin. Ludai Lin as Liu Kang. Yeah. 
Yes. Mortal Kombat. I kind of was like, mm. since people were talking to you on Facebook about it, they're like, mm-hmm. I was actually pleasantly surprised by this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I, I think I'm going to like, you know, up my hopes for it a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I honestly didn't think this was going to be any good at all. Mm-hmm. And I'm <laughs> probably going to murder those people. <laughs> I think I think those people on Facebook, I think because they were comparing it to what we had in the past. And they're, they, they're like, uh, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's, it's good. <laughs> here's one thing. Okay, so here's one thing I keep hearing about the Mortal Kombat movie from other people. They're like, it's good. They'll be like, oh, it's good. It's great. No, no, no. They don't say great. It's a, oh, it's good. The fighting was cool. Blah, 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 blah. And then the next sentence or the next thought is, well, this part was dog shit. This part didn't make sense. This part was stupid <laughs> and everything. Um, so I, okay, I enjoyed this movie. Maybe not not as much as I would have. Like, I, I did not have high hopes for this movie mm. at all, right? Um, I did like, I did like, the like the character introduction wasn't as force fed or as sloppy. I don't think it was as sloppy as like the as the old one. Mm-hmm. Um, the action is way better than the last one, so the action is actually decent. Um, it's not great. I think it could have been better, but this movie kind of does that thing where like they're kind of cutting away from certain angles and fights and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I actually um, earlier today I rewatched uh, the fight between. Uh, like Sub Zero and like another character, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, let me just like rewatch because this is supposed to be like the climactic battle. Let me just see how it looks, right? And I was watching, I was like, yeah, they cut away a lot. <sighs> They're doing too many fucking cuts, mm-hmm. so it gets pretty annoying. Um, I didn't like, I did not like the the Cole Young character at all. Me either. Like, I heard that he was a drag, and I was like, oh, I hope he's not a drag because it's supposed to be a new character, and this is supposed to be. Um, like the beginning of like a franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's supposed to be like I can't remember, like the, a building block. Yeah, like, but he's supposed to be like the archetype, I guess, for the uh, for the audience or whatever. Oh, okay. And um, that kind of like opens the door of like, well, he's obviously going to be in, like in the sequel if they make a sequel, you know. Um, but I didn't. It was I, I didn't. I didn't like him. I didn't care. I didn't give two shits about him. I'm glad we didn't watch it in theater, by the way. Oh yeah, I was I was debating that like maybe we should go see this one in theater. Um, so I would, I would have been mad to give them my fucking money. Yeah. Um, however, I did like, I, I did like, uh, Joe, uh, Teslam as, a, a Joe Teslam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did like him as Bihan, uh, Hiroyuki Sanada. Um, I, I love, love this guy. I love that actor. I, I mean, Westworld, but like in a bunch of his other stuff, love that actor. Mm-hmm. That dude was a great Hanzo Hasashi. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of saddened that the guy who played Raiden, I don't know, like Raiden has such a huge presence in the Mortal Kombat legacy, mm-hmm. and even in like the previous movies, um, well, particularly the first one, he has like you understand why he's there, his importance to be there. This one, not so much. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like, all right, Raiden, why the f- you're you're around just to protect, you put you're around just to put a shield around people. Do you know what it was? Hmm. He had his time to shine in big. Trouble, little China. Oh, anything. shut up! <laughs> <sighs> Man, is that the guy? That's not the same actor, but like the guys that walk over, like, oh, the big trouble, little China. You know, I'm joking. No, but you know, it's like the same glowy eyes yeah, with the hat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, the dude Josh 
Lawson as Kano. Mm. Loved him. Yeah. I love that dude. That dude was a <laughs> dick. He was. But however, mm. I kind of feel like there was too much of him. Really? So I get I get to a point when I'm watching uh, a film that I'm just like, mm-hmm. that spoil that character is in here so much it spoils the interactions of everybody else uh, all the okay. time. It's like constant like annoyance. Yeah, I get you. Okay. And 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 that's one of my biggest gripes with the film is that the characters don't really meld together at all. Yeah, I, I think, can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Sonya Blade mm-hmm. was the only character I kind of really liked. I didn't really like her that much. I liked her because, mm-hmm. like, for me, she was just like, I don't know. Like, I I liked her mindset of like, I gotta mm-hmm. fi- I gotta fix this or help yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and she had like a lot of I guess positive energy, which I know can be kind yeah. of grating too in a movie where you get one character who's like overly happy. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, I just didn't think anyone really went well together at all. I thought, mm. and I was so bored, I honestly didn't even notice the action because I was already fucking bored. <laughs> um, okay, so my I I I have I actually have a gripe with the Sony Blade character because she's supposed to be like, I mean, not not even just like looking at the Mortal Kombat video game, but within the movie, you have an idea that her and Jax are like close, like they seen some shit, mm-hmm. right? I I didn't really get that whole dynamic. I, I did, mm-hmm. but it was very lacking. Like, yeah, I, like I got yeah. that they, they really cared for each other and they mm-hmm. were friends, mm-hmm. but the focus wasn't there. So it's yeah. like you forget about it because they're more focused on how much everyone else doesn't get along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I'm trying to think like what else is without even like really spoiling like some of the okay well what did you think about the special effects i was just about to just about to say that okay some of the effects are great like the sub-zero effects fucking awesome mm-hmm. like there's that scene at night where it, it, it's in the trailer when he's like making it like hail like really hard and stuff mm-hmm. that looked great um even like some of like the goro scenes were kind of all right but they they did look kind of like poo poo a little bit like here and there there was like oh now i remember now I remember there's one particular this is not a spoiler at all. Kun Lao's teleportation mm-hmm. was hot garbage. <laughs> and I know it was like the part where he threw the hat and he was like bling, he like popped from underneath the hat. Yeah. You remember that scene? Yeah. Hot fucking garbage. <laughs> I think I was laughing when Oh, I- you were laughing hard. <laughs> I I looked at it and was like, wow, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah some of the effects are great but they're not i don't think they're great enough to really say save the whole movie mm-hmm. um just like the action was great but you can't just make an action movie mm. and that's it yeah there's even one character his special power and i'm not gonna say who that character is because that's kind of a spoiler uh his special power when he uses it it actually looks really great it's uh i can't even say like what special power because people would be like oh i know what character you're talking about yeah um so, yeah, some of the effects are great, but, like, do I want to say 50-50? I guess maybe, like, 50-50. Like, they can be good, and then they can be bad. I wouldn't even say 50-50. What percentage would you give it? Like, 30? I would say 40-60. 40-60? Um, yeah, that, and, mm-hmm. like, okay, so if you're going to bring an original character in, too, mm-hmm. like, like, a new one, yeah, give him a story. 
I, I like, like they kind of play with the idea that he could be somebody and then you realize like no he's somebody different than that other person yeah. and then like he's just kind of lost yeah there's and i'm not really giving anything away by that but he's like like i'm no <laughs> i hate i like like i hate that like you have so much you could do like like one of my arguments with you the other day mm-hmm. was that you're like, you know, it's a fucking video game movie. They're never going to be that great. Yeah, and yeah. I disagree because a lot of, I think there are some really great movies that have come out that have been originally video games. I'm honestly trying to think. Maybe. I'm sure there's like a couple of them, but it's like. I, I would probably say Silent Hill. Silent Hill is probably like the best example. That one's good. And I would even say even some of like the first Resident Evil movie. Mm. I would even say some of that. But like, cause you have the opportunity. Like, some of it is a little mm-hmm. like it has a great concept, but it needs more, more substance. Yeah, yeah. And they never build on the substance ever. Yeah, or like they kind of, I don't know. It's it's kind of weird because like this movie and like and I know like the it's I know Kelsey and I we're not expecting this Mortal Kombat movie to fit what like twenty twenty five years of like history within a within a two-hour film we're just looking for a good start yeah exactly we're looking for like a good builder and like and like, like an iron man yeah, yeah, it's yeah like, exactly yeah like, yeah like it's good but it, mm-hmm. it's not amazing but it's good and you love it even more because mm-hmm. that's where it all started yeah so one thing is i'll, I'll kind of bear the lead right here one thing that i will admit that by the time this movie ended i was like you know what i'll watch the sequel because it is so, it is building something, but it's very fucking. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sh- hollow, I guess. It's it, it, the 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 foundation is pretty weak. Mm-hmm. But I I still want to step on that foundation because I want to see what they do with the second one. Mm. Um, and I'll actually kind of get in, into, into why because, but it's in spoilers because you know we don't want to do that right now. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say I don't really give a shit. Oh really? Oh, damn. <laughs> The only reason I would watch the second one mm. is FOMO. Oh, fear of missing out. Like you mm. like you watch it and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it was great. And I'm like, fuck, I should have watched it. Because <laughs> I hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there, is there, I'm trying to think, is, is there anybody else that kind of stuck out for you or it was not that good that you want to talk about? There was no reason for him to have his wife and kids. I mean, they. <sighs> wife and kid. I guess they had to give him a reason to like, you know, is not go a, to do it or to. It didn't to work. Fight. Yeah, I, I, I like. It, I didn't care. I think it's just that whole character. I think it's just like that. Whole, if like, it's th- like they kind of wanted to have the whole movie mm-hmm. around the characters that everyone would think were cool, mm-hmm. and then they put him in as an afterthought and tried to fit him in where it made sense to them. Yeah, and I when guess. you do that, it never it never feels right. Yeah, I can sense that. Yeah, I mean they could they could have introduced, they could have given the, I think it's the word ancillary character, um, they could have gave the character that's supposed to be a representation of the audience like a character from the from the video game, mm-hmm. but him just kind of like getting way over his head, like whoa, this shit's real, you know. Mm-hmm. And there's one character in particular. I'm not gonna say it either because that's kind of a spoiler as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they like use that character to introduce the 
audience to this world, it still would have worked out. I honestly feel like they kind of fucked up because if they would have gave him mm. more of a Sonya Blade role. Oh, the Cole Young character? Mm-hmm. And uh. then made her more badass because she wasn't keeping up with the guys. Yeah. In, in a way. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I did. Like she was that. badass and she could hold her own, but I felt like she was really holding back. Yeah. Or she was really trying to catch up. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Um, all right. So you want to hop in the spoilers? Mm hmm. Uh, okay, so yeah, we're gonna get into the spoiler section right now. We're gonna talk about um, 2021's Mortal Kombat in great lengths. Um, so, for those who have, make sure you have the queued up. All right, cool. <laughs> so, for those who have not seen uh, Mortal Kombat, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. Okay, yeah. we're in the spoiler section. Yes. I don't... I really want to shit on this movie so bad. Go ahead, girl. Just rip into it. Just... Who the... Do they care? Mortal Kombat people? I don't know. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm sure they're not as toxic as Star Wars, you know, because there are not as many of them. Yeah. Look, mm. my thing is, I've had a few issues with this movie. Mm-hmm. I've forgotten... Like, a good 50% of the movie. Yeah. Like, I was already forgetting it before we even got to the end of it. <laughs> Damn, okay. Like, like, it was like, you know, like, if my brain was, like, you know, a CDR. hmm You know, the ones that were, like, rewritable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, you're writing over it and, you know, erasing the data, like... It was like I got to a certain point in the movie where it was writing over the beginning. A lot of younger people are like, wait, what? What's that? That's a CDR. <laughs> a CDRW. Yeah, what's CDRW? What? <laughs> um, so I really didn't care about Cole. I thought mm. he was the baby, which would have been much better. I don't understand why they jumped so far ahead mm. in that line. Because it had to be, because uh, it obviously had to be more modern. Because the the stuff with with Bihan and uh, Hasashi was like what sixteen eighty seven or something like that. Okay. <laughs> you're like you're right, yeah. Okay. Uh. Well, then they didn't have to make it in America. Uh, well, I mean, most of the characters are American, so. I don't know. I just felt like it was, like, such a detachment from mm-hmm. that original scene. Yeah. Like, there's nothing in between that connects then mm. and now. Yeah. Th- that's one of my big issues. Yeah, Right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, so there's this baby that fucking, who was it, Raiden saves. Yeah, yeah. And it's, like, Cole, Cole Young's, like, great-great-great-grandparent or some shit like that. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, if you say so. Yeah, like, they didn't really they didn't really need that like the 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 whole story with scorpion and sub-zero is you know it works as, it works out on its own without having it try to connect to the main star mm-hmm. because that hatred between the two is like strong yeah which it like it hold it like holds the movie back because honestly the Cole Young character that could have been Johnny Cage you know Johnny Cage in the in the game is like this superficial character who's a movie star who's like yeah, I'll join this tournament. Yeah, this this is all bullshit. This is all for show, blah, 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 blah. And then when he sees that it's real, he could have been like, oh, shit. Like, mm-hmm. 
then that would that's like the that's the audience there oh shit they're doing fatalities oh what's this power now they have powers and then like it could have worked on how johnny cage gets his power because like they changed the story a bit where like now johnny cage is like the chosen one um within the story and shit like that so and the lewis tan character uh sorry lewis tan the cole young character he's supposed to be like the chosen one they still could have worked that in with the johnny cage character Mm mm-hmm they did. I mean, if anything, like, and I know, I know people would have been like, oh, Johnny Cage is like, why? Why did I make the white guy the chosen one? Yo, they still could have had Lewis Tan just play Johnny Cage. Yeah. And it would have worked it because he's American. It would have worked just fine. Mm-hmm. It would have worked just fine. But they fucking did it. And yeah. it's like, why not? Like, why? Mm-hmm. And like, and I can't like bring any of that knowledge mm-hmm. to the table. Yeah. So I don't really know what you're getting at. I mean, like I do, and I don't. I know, right? I know, but 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 you understand. But like, I understand that there's something better they could have done. Yeah, but you also understand like the whole chosen one thing, and like the mm-hmm. the the hero's call, and like oh, I'm destined to like fight for good, and blah 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 blah. You know that is the Johnny Cage character in the Mortal Kombat games now. But then again, I mean, but like I said, that's just regular storytelling. It may, then the whole concept of this film mm-hmm. makes me think of that one movie where they have to learn how to play baseball. With a bunch of ragtag kids that fucking suck. Oh, the, ba- the bad news bears. bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought it was when I didn't want to say it. Yeah. I sound dumb, but. <laughs> Stop it. That's what it made me think of because mm-hmm. then you get all these characters who are just kind of an amalgamation of like stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of them can do cool things and some of them can't, but none of them work together that well. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay. And like they get their asses kicked by fucking Raiden and. Um, well, Luke Kang. Who are the bad guys? Could they ask by Luke Kang or no? Um, oh, oh, like Luke Kang, like kind of whoops. Like uh, no, Raiden and the the young kid. He wasn't a kid, but he was like the other Asian guy he was living with. Oh, uh, Kung Lao. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. So, like, they were all getting their asses handed to him. Mm. And then I think another complaint other people were having was they never even get to a tournament. Okay, so. That that is uh, I have heard the same complaint. Um, that complaint honestly doesn't bother me too much um, because you know I I read somewhere that like the I think the director or the writer had said that he always envisioned the Mortal Kombat being a trilogy, and he envisioned that the Mortal the tournament is like should be held off till the sequel because that's like when we have you want to build up to it want to build up that's when we have all the characters have now gathered so now, it's like having endgame in the first fucking film yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you want to build up to it so i'm not too pissed off about that you know i'm just like all right cool it's just like the character building was kind of like poo poo in this and this mortal kombat movie um and it barely kept me uh engaged enough to be like all right I'll watch the second one, but I'm not fucking hoping for it now. Yeah. You know, even like the first Mortal Kombat, like the original, the 95 movie. I think it's 95. I see 94 and 95. And I hate that because like Wikipedia mm. and Mortal Kombat and um, IMDb are always like a year off. Yeah. 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 Um, so with even like, but even like, with, yeah, yeah, I'm seeing the same thing like 95. Even like that Mortal Kombat movie, when that ended, I was like, all right, cool. I, I definitely want to see part two. Mm-hmm. This one, I'm just like. I I guess, I, you know I guess when part two comes out yeah I'll check it out but I'm not I'm not itching for it. <laughs> um, so you're not an itchy onion. Yeah. So the so you had mentioned about like the powers and like it's not working together. 
Um, and I also didn't think they used their powers in a really meaningful way either. I think it was just like, oh, this is cool that he could do that. Yeah. That's the thing that irritates me about um, the Kano and Jax realizing their power. Mm-hmm. Like, Kano, like, for, for Kano, Jax, and Cole Young to get their powers, apparently they have to be angry enough or emotional enough. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Cole Young power is pretty stupid. His power is, I can, I can take a serious beating. That was his power. <laughs> um, but, like, Kano's power is like, oh, my power is robot. Mm-hmm. I can shoot a laser out of my, which is like... One eye. Yeah. And one it, eye. It, like, I know, and I know it's like one eye in the game, but like, I don't know, something about like, because the fact that it's like one eye in the game and it's more of a, of a mechanical kind of thing, it sends it, shows that like, oh no, they just don't use, um, uh, like, it's, it's not just magic. Mm-hmm. There's also like tech involved with it and stuff like that, right? And Jax's power was really fucking dumb. Like, it would have made more sense though if Kano's was mechanical Mm. because if you think of like superman Mm. or cyclops or like anybody Mm. who shoots lasers it's either it's out of both eyes yeah if it's like supernatural yeah you would only think of like a mechanical one you know that being the reason that it's just one eye yeah yeah. and the fact that it's only one eye and kano has no reason for that other than magic yeah that's why i was like one eye yeah yeah what and it kind of like takes away from the fact that like and i i don't like like i don't i don't know the story of like why they got josh josh lawson to play kano like i said i did enjoy him as carrying like the asshole persona of kano but like other than like that laser eye take that laser eye away kano gets his ass kicked all the fucking time yeah and even in the game he like can handle himself with even without the laser eye like he has like knives and like you know he's able to like be a fucking badass like even in the later mortal comic like the most recent one mm-hmm. his character's fucking badass as shit yeah you know minus the laser eye he can still fuck shit up here it was just like oh he just has a laser eye and that's all he can and win. he's like comic relief but in an asshole kind of way <laughs> yeah um so, with the, with with the other when we we're talking about the visual effects, another thing of the visual effects that I did enjoy um, was Cabal's visual effects. Like his speed running mm-hmm. was actually good. I I really liked it. I mean, and I've heard a lot of people compare it uh, compare it to like it's way better than anything the Flash did. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember it. You don't remember? Uh, I don't even remember him. Oh wow. <laughs> Um, it it is. It you is. You want to know something that I was focused on towards hmm. the beginning of the movie? What's that? First, and it took me a second to wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. Did they ever discuss what they were gonna do with that SUV after he used it to launch himself over that fence? No, that was it. Because they drive to this location, and he has his wife and kid with him in the desert. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. No, they don't drive out to the desert. They remember they get on a plane and they parachute. Oh, wow! You did forget. Holy shit! No, no, they were in um in the SUV in the beginning, like yeah. He dropped he dropped off his family at the house and he went to the Sonya Blade location. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> and then here's the thing: it's not it's not that Kelsey just like dumb on it. It's just that to her, it's just that fucking forgettable. It is like. I like action movies. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. 
But if they have no substance, <laughs> I'm just like, I don't know. I, I kind of go to a place where mm-hmm. either I forget about it or I get really fucking angry. Yeah. And I guess this time I just chose to forget about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even, mm-hmm. you know, honestly, even though I'm coming across as kind of angry about the movie, mm-hmm. I'm really not <laughs> because I don't remember it. <laughs> um. So one thing that I I'll say is a plus and a minus with this movie is the Sub Zero and the Scorpion uh, plot. It's a plus because I really liked it. Mm-hmm. That's like that's the beginning of the movie. We see them them fighting. Yeah, that was I liked that. That was great. It established like oh god, like there's the tension. Oh, I can't wait for them to see like them to come back or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then they just drop the plot almost completely. Mm-hmm. Like it like pops up. That's why I was saying about how there's no connection between then and now. Yeah, I mean, and like they really pour. If they're trying to like make it like a reveal that, uh, if they try, I mean, during the movie, if they're trying to make a reveal that like Cole Young is like related to Scorpion, it's very very poorly done. Mm-hmm. And then when that reveal happens, you're just like, okay. I mean, oh yeah, we kind of figured, but like, now what? I honestly don't feel like they really revealed it well enough. Because honestly. Mm. Um, the not Luke King, the other guy that I can't keep Kung Lao. Kung Lao. That's how forgettable that character is too. It's so it's so because like they killed him and it's just like oh yeah, Kung Lao's in this movie. I know. Um, I thought he was the kid. Oh really? Yeah, because he's like younger than Raiden, and like it seems like he's been with him forever, and he taught him so many things. Mm-hmm. And I honestly thought that that was the baby. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that made way more sense to me than this rando being like. Yeah, this rando being the chosen one, the kid, or the kid, grand grandkid, or whatever. Yeah. Um. Where was I? Oh, yeah. So then, yeah, when we get like Scorpion, when we get that Scorpion Sub Zero fight, like I said, I rewatched it and I was like. Okay, let me, let me, I think it's actually pretty good. Maybe it was good. Maybe I'm just kind of like just, maybe my brain's just like, no, it's not good. I'm just like, no, wait, let me just double check. Let me just double check. And like I said, I rewatched it, that scene between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. I'm just like, yeah, they're kind of cutting a lot of great stuff that shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I don't remember how long the fight is, but it seems like the fight would have would have really been great if it like held the camera still, mm-hmm. you know, for some, for like half of it or some shit feel, like that. it seems like they do a lot of like like quick cuts yeah yeah that's this movie does a lot like of that ping ponging yeah 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 um so it sucks because like i think the movie like there's not enough scorpion in this movie and i'm not saying that because like 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 it's like to be told like I, my favorite character from mortal Kombat, if i remember her i i'm trying to think like compare like how i was then to how i am now um i think like Right there you go. Sub Zero used to be my favorite character, but as I got older, more like Luke Kane and Johnny Cage became my favorite character. Mm-hmm. But I still love that fight between Scorpion and Sub Zero because they're they're fighting against each other so fucking legendary. Yeah, and like we see it at the end, and I'm just, I'm just kind of like, yeah, that was cool. Like it should have been longer, or it should have been more of a, a better build up to it. Mm-hmm. But like the build up to it was like whack as shit. And I think because that cold guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember telling you I thought Joe Taslim, mm-hmm. who played Bihan in Sub Zero, mm-hmm. was gonna play him and Scorpion, and there was another guy. There were like three of them. Ninjas? Huh? Three ninjas? There was only two. There was only two. 
Oh, you mean like in the game, like in the whole game? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you... Th- and like in the original Mortal Kombat, they were all looked the same. Those three characters. Yeah. And so I thought that he was going to play like the same, like the different characters, but they were him. Oh, uh, okay. I think you're like, you thought it was going to be like Noob Saibot, right? That's the character that's like all black. I don't know. I don't remember. Well, I know I, there was blue and yellow, and then there was another one. Well, Maybe I mean, it was all black. Well, like yeah, the the blue sub uh, sub zero scorpions yellow. Uh, Noob Saibot's black. Ermac is red. Purple is rain. Oh okay. And I feel like I'm forgetting something. Well, it's Cyrus and Sector, but those are robots. And anyway, I'm going on. Oh, smoke. There you go. Smoke is gray though. But anyway. But I so. think the only original three were the yellow, blue, and black. Well, uh, you know what? No. See, or you, no, there was like maybe a white one. No, there's no white one. Okay, I, I think maybe I, I'm thinking of the white. Ranger you know what? I think shit. you know what? I think you're like mixing up Mortal Kombat two because in two there's a green I, one. Oh yeah, and, that, and that's reptile. And reptile does make an appearance, but as the reptile. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah, because that's the one I played. Okay. One, yeah, because I was like eight. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. This movie's still not that good. <laughs> would have been better if we would have had him playing all three characters you know <laughs> the same actor yeah because he's a good actor <laughs> so um yeah there's even like other characters that like show up like melina shows up and we're like yeah okay she's cool i guess i didn't like her she was weird yeah that's, that's melina <laughs> uh, uh yeah melina the healthcare system <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so the guy who played rico that was the guy with the giant hammer mm. that's the dude who was in straight up mad max uh, Fury Road. Really? That that big ass guy. I was like, oh, he's in this movie, and he has no dialogue whatsoever. <sighs> it's a lot of. <laughs> um. Oh, you know who, who we haven't talked about? Uh, Chin Chin Han as uh, Shang Tsung. Who's that? That was a guy. Who, that was a guy who was the leader of the bad guys. Oh, okay. What did you think of, of him? I I like that. I like that actor Chin Chin Han. But I want to hear what your take on on him in this movie. Um, I didn't see him very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I felt like just like the rest of the movie it was kind of throwaway. Mm. Like, all right, you're a bad guy. Cool. Yeah. There was nothing special about him. Yeah. Um, and the fact that they fuck, they were cheating to try and get like no tournament or whatever. Yeah, just straight up like his status. I just whatever. I didn't care. Yeah. Like I really don't care. Um, so. Uh, I feel like I haven't talked about Hiroki Asana enough. He should have been in this movie a lot more. Who's that? He's the one who plays Scorpion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He should have definitely been in this movie a lot more. He There's, should have. Uh, like, he's so good. <laughs> yeah, and not because of like, oh, yeah, more, Scorpion's a badass character. No, that dude is just a great fucking actor. Yeah, he probably could have carried the movie. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, I mean... Why did they, and the thing is, like, kind uh, of like, why did they kill him? Scorpion? Yeah. That's the thing, like, like this, I, like, they, they set, uh, they set that up. I mean, I'm sorry. I feel like they just set it up, but they didn't think, like, maybe we should kind of give a hint of, like, why they were, why there was, like, a duel between the two. Like, they didn't go into it at all. And I think no. they, I think they did that thinking like we're gonna get a sequel, so we'll explain it in that one. No, but I, I'm saying like I would want to know who these characters are, yeah. so that I could care. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. also like, so you can use the good fucking actor more. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and and even people like me who played Mortal Kombat when they were younger, but really don't remember much about it. Mm-hmm. 
um, I, I know who Scorpion is. Mm. Why did they kill him so fucking early in the movie is my thing. Like, mm. like I know that they wanted to make it more modern and everything, but mm. they could have made it work a little bit. Like, if yeah. Sub-Zero can live for fucking ever, mm. so could Scorpion. That is they true. They could have not killed him, and uh. he could have come back and taught his grandson some shit. You know, like... yeah. Like, if Raiden took his son, he didn't know where he was or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some Like, some kind of big fucking quest and, like, yeah. taught the kids some shit. And, like, you know, like, mm. and he was a reluctant hero, but then, you know, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. And, like, you know, Scorp- Scorpion later in the game, he, d- him, he does end up, like, kind of changing his ways and then working for, like, the good guys and stuff like that. And I'm saying they, like, they could have done that in this movie. Um, they couldn't do that at all. They could have. They could have actually just kept him as the bad guy, mm-hmm. you know, for the duration of this movie, and then have like have his like redemption story like in the later films if they if they get greenlit, you know. But like they could have focused on like um, they could have Sonya Blade. They could have focused on Sonya Blade, Johnny uh, Johnny Cage, Luke Kane, Kano. They still could have brought in Kano. It just been fine. And then yeah, like bringing like the Jax character too. They could have had five right there, right and. They didn't even necessarily even need Kung Lao. Kung Lao definitely because Kung Lao was in the second game, but they could they definitely could have brought him into the second one, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe like Kung Lao somewhere else, continue his training or some shit like that, you know. Yeah. And then they would have had Shang Tsung's man would have been Sub Zero, Scorpion, um, who else could have been? Well, then oh fuck, we even talked about Goro. It seems like we just completely forgot about that character. <laughs> they, they still could have had Goro. Um, Oh, reptile! Reptile could be more of a presence too. Hmm. Um, but like they didn't do that. No, like they it was just kind of a jumbled mess of like look at all these cool ass characters that yeah. we love so much. Yeah, and they still could have had Kano like switch. Oh, this is another thing that pissed me off too. The whole birthmark thing. Mm-hmm. That shit was I don't why <laughs> why. I thought that was fucking dumb. Like no, because it's like it's also really distracting when you have something that happens to characters, mm-hmm. and like some of them are born with it, and some of them you they got it because they killed somebody who had it. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Either you're born with it, yeah, or it's Maybelline. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I had to get Kelsey a clap for that one. That came to me as I was mid-sentence. I was like, <laughs> I, was thinking, I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Ah, I did it. I'm so glad you did it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but still, like, mm. you know, either you're like, they're born with it or they're going to fucking kill people for it. Like fucking Highlander. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the like, fuck? pick one. <laughs> well, you know, maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> That was a good one. Shit. Um, yeah, I think I think are we, are we done? I think we're done. I think we're done with this. Yeah, I think we're done. Um, all right. So what we got next? We are going to do our variety time. Our variety time is Tales from the Street Fighter movie, and I think. Mark is going to have tons of fun with this. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what's in this segment, and, mm-hmm. and that's on purpose. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So since we are doing uh, Street Fighter as our geriatric cinematic, um, I wanted to find this article I heard about a couple of years ago, right? And it's about 
the history of the Street Fighter movie, like what happened behind the scenes. Okay, and I found this article from the Guardian. It's called "I." The title of the, the title of it is "I Punched Him So Hard He Cried." <laughs> Inside the Street Fighter movie. So this is written by uh, Keith Stewart of The Guardian. Okay. So he goes into like, the you know, he goes in talking about how uh, the movie was brought together and all this kind of stuff like that. Right. Um, so he says, uh, realizing the cin- cinematic potential of the game's giant brand, publisher Capcom soon dis- dispatched a retinue of execs-, execs to Hollywood. Experienced producer Ed Pressman saw the potential immediately and he knew who to call. Stephen De, uh, De Souza. A uh, writer of Die Hard and Commando, and before those TV hits such as The Hardy Boys, Six Million Dollar Man, and Knight Rider. Uh, he goes on to say, uh, Pressman and another producer came. Okay, so this is what. Uh, okay, who said? Okay, okay. So he had, there was a quote in the article. It says, um, Pressman and another producer came to me and said, Capcom is going around and can. Can you come up with a take for the movie? They'll be here the day after tomorrow, recalls D'Souza uh, of the pitch. Uh, he goes on to say, I said, yeah, I'm very familiar with it. My son uh, had just put this first year of college into that machine. Uh, I said, I come up with a treatment, but I, he wanted to direct the movie. He wanted to direct the movie. Uh, D'Souza wasn't interested in making the tournament movie. He wanted something more like of a James Bond adventure with a proper plot and exotic location. Unbeknownst to me, this is what Souza continues. Souza continues. Unbeknownst to me, Capcom was thinking in this direction. When they came to when they came to the meeting, they brought some artwork to help me, and one image had Bison as the most wanted criminal in the world in a James Bond style underground lair. I could see they were energized during our meeting, and within a week, they said, "You guys are doing it." Mm-hmm. Okay. The auto continues. Uh, now, meanwhile, the producers set up the logistics. There was almost $30 million in the budget with a 10-week shoot, six weeks on location in Thailand, followed by four in Australia um, at the new Warner Brothers studio on Gold Coast. D'Souza's plans uh, was to funnel the portion of the budget into training the, training the actors in martial arts before filming began. Okay. okay. That, that would have made sense. Calling in the famed fighter choreographer Benny the Jet uh, Rodriguez to help out. Um so the auto continues, but then things started to go awry. Capcom decided it needed a big star for Guile, and the producers went for Jean-Claude Van Damme, the muscle from Brussels, <laughs> who, had, who, after the success of Time Cop, was the biggest action, action movie star at that time, right? Of the, I remember Jean-Claude was fucking everywhere at that time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to add some gravitas on the baddie side, uh, the hugely respected character actor Raul Joy was approached to play Bison. Um, so he took the role, and he said that uh, it thinks on part of his kids because his kids were huge fans of the game. But like Van Damme, he wasn't coming cheap. Uh, D'Souza continues, uh, Now, we had a couple big stars in the cast, but less money to make the movie. It meant all the other actors had to, had to be really like new names. Which is why we don't have like a lot of familiar faces in that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, now we do, but like back then, it was like, who the fuck are these people, right? Yeah. Um, D'Souza continues. Uh, that was fine, but we no longer had the money to hire them in advance for fighting, <laughs> for fight training. <laughs> well, that makes sense. I, know. I have a complaint about one of the characters. Okay, <laughs> he said. Okay, uh, we'll we'll film all the people t- talking in rooms scenes early on. And while we're doing this, the other characters will be off training. So they still had kind of a plan. 
Okay, to to the contenders, I thought we'll be filming for 10 weeks, so everyone will have three to six weeks of choreography on these fights. That was the plan. Okay. So what happened was that D'Souza had managed to convince Capcom to let him focus on just seven to eight characters from the Street Fighter roster rather than like at the time it was like 19. Oh, shit. I know, right? Uh, He says uh, in the odd 100 minutes of the movie, there wasn't a lot of screen time to go around. You know, do the math. Uh, Furthermore, the audience can barely keep track of seven. Uh, His logic was like, oh, seven sins, seven wonders, you know, seven samurai. It's just the the number works well. Mm -hmm. So D'Souza... What had happened, it says, but every time I turned in a draft, they kept pressing me to add just more characters. <laughs> I would slide somebody a couple lines. Then they would say, can so-and-so have another scene? He's very popular in Japan. And by the way, what about this character? <laughs> this is this is the saying about what Capcom was doing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Capcom was also attempting to, in meddling with the cast, this is very important, a situation that came to head with Ryu. Uh, Ryu, he's played by um, uh, Byron Mann. Okay, D'Souza, like, he already cast the Ryu character. He was mm-hmm. like, I wanted Brian Mann to play the character, right? But Capcom wanted Japanese actor Kenya Sawada, who barely spoke English. That's the guy you were talking about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. In the end, D'Souza reached a bizarre compromise. Sawada was given a, a cameo as an entirely new character named Captain Sawada. And Man as Ryu. Um, Man said, I actually met Sawada a couple times while I was going for casting. He gave me some real dagger looks. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> um, so they're doing the production, right? Mm-hmm. They're getting it going. Unbeknownst to anybody in the production, Raw Julia was extremely unwell. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at the so it's well known that uh, Raul Julia had, was actually suffering uh, from stomach cancer. He was he had a grueling like uh, uh, treatment. Mm-hmm. Okay, he arrived at Bangkok, a shadow of his former self. This is from the article. Um, D'Souza said, "I got a phone call from our costume consultant. She'd gone ahead a day before us to meet Raul, and she said we have a problem. He looks ghastly. He's like a skeleton." Uh, he goes to say, we thought, oh, God, what are we going to do? We can't put him on camera. Um, D'Souza said, we decided to push all Raw's scenes at the uh, to the end of the movie <laughs> so he could gain weight and we could move other things front. I was putting people on camera who had virtually no fight practice at all. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so uh, Brian Mann. The guy who played Ryu, he he goes on to say he recalls like some of the difficulties. Uh, he said we had a trainer, a trainer Benny, but he didn't know the video game fighting act. Uh, he didn't know the sorry, uh, but he didn't know what video game fighting actually was. It was all new to him. Uh, we only found out midway through the shoot that different characters have different fight styles. Midway through the shoot, they're like, oh, they fight differently. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> He says, somebody said, wait a minute, why is everyone fighting the same way? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, uh, so yeah, so let me see. Uh, There were scenes where Ryu was like engaged. Oh, remember this? Remember this? The scene where Ryu was going to fight Vega and he had that sword. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is what happened. Okay. That that didn't make any fucking sense to me. Okay. So man at the time was supposed to have been well drilled in fighting techniques. Okay. 
Um, but the lessons, they kept getting put off, mm-hmm. like repeatedly. Man had said, um, then one day I was having lunch, an assistant director came over to me and said, hey, are you ready to do your knife fight? <laughs> Man said, "What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know anything about that." <laughs> he continues. I went to one of the Thai extras, a stunt guy, and asked him if he could help me. On the spot, he taught me what he knew, and that's what you see in the film. That part where he like just swings the sword around and stuff like uh-huh. that. That's what they thought. He was like, "All right, that's it. You're good." <laughs> um, however, that sword was real. It was not plastic. And I was making fun of that fucking thing, too, because <laughs> right? it looked plastic, like, but it, if it was poured into a mold and then not, like, set even or something, like, it was all wavy and shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he says, like, I could have injured myself and others. Because <laughs> I remember he throws it. Yeah. And I know, and I, know I don't know, if, I mean, I don't think he, like, really threw it, like, wow, like, into the wall, but he probably threw it, and he could have just went, like, wow, all over the place. <laughs> okay. So... While they're shooting in Bangkok, there was a lot of like challenges alone. Okay, there was an extreme heat, extreme humidity. We were supposed to be looking buff, but we were all losing weight. Says man, if you watch the movie, we all look a lot bigger in the scene shot in Australia. The weather was fine. The food was nice. We all recovered. <laughs> um, there was also like logistical challenges in Thailand as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Keith. Uh, Highgate, the first assistant director, says there was a talk of a possible coup, so the military closed all the roads down. Oh shit! <laughs> we needed to get to the cat. We need this is wild. We need to get the cast and crew and all the equipment to different locations. So we had to travel by high speed boats down the uh, down the canals at one a.m. in the morning. <laughs> this went on for ten days, and these boats kicked up a lot of water. So by the time we got to the location, the cast the cast and crew were all sudden. Van Damme hated that. They were all sodden. Sodden. Thank you, sodden. Um, so, uh, is it, so there was a scene. Okay. Oh, so they, uh, so uh, Highgate talks about like the production, like the scenes and stuff like that that need to get done. He goes, there was a scene where we blew up a temple. This happens at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the art department built it. Um, the effects were only supposed to blow a quarter of it up, but it got a bit out of hand. We had John claude Kyle McNode, um, and a bunch of actors right outside <laughs> as it blew. <laughs> and the whole thing went up. There was about $240,000 of scaffolding and it just melted. Oh, shit. <laughs> and it looks like it blew up twice. Yeah, I know. They they probably had like all these cameras. And they were like, get every amount of footage as possible. Mm. Okay. Um, so, uh, I'm trying to say who said this. Um. Uh, oh, okay. This, uh, this is a producer. Okay, so th- this is this is high guy again. He goes after ten days in Bangkok. We were about we were six days behind schedule. It was torturous. The producer said, "Oh no, no, this is what the director said. This is what, oh this shit." Uh, D'Souza had said after ten days in Bangkok, we were six days behind schedule. It was torturous. The producer said, "You're running behind." So I did an old, I did an old John Ford trick. I just opened up the script and ripped out a page and said. There, we're back on track. (laughs) (laughs) This is wild shit. Um, With scenes being shot in bewildering sequence of cut uh, and bewildering sequence or or, or cut entirely, cast members struggled to make sense of their uh, roles. Uh, Rosh and Seth, who played Dalsim, he said, I didn't know the character. I didn't know the video game. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. (laughs) 
He goes on and says, I was supposed to be a mad scientist. I thought, what sort of science am I supposed to be doing and what am, what am I mad about? <laughs> There's a scene where my character has to pull out his hair in anger. They spent all day fitting me with a skull cap so I could literally pull my hair out. I just stopped thinking, they just told me what to do and I followed instructions. That's probably the scene that got ripped out. Exactly, exactly. Because like, if you folks have seen Street Fighter, there's a scene where Dulcim, he's like, he looks normal and when he comes back, he's bald. Mm-hmm. And like his clothes is like ripped and they never explained that at all. <laughs> now we know why. Um, so Australian actor uh, Robin uh, Mamon, he's the one who played Carlos Blanca. Uh, he said that like most of the time, he didn't know that he had a body double. Until like, um, until like the day before, uh, it was a cast party before shooting. Mm. Um, he said that he was in makeup most of the time and he used to have a book with him because he did nothing. He said, I used to take a book with me on set all the time. I was reading on the road and I used to discuss it with Steven, uh, the director. And that scene where I'm strapped to the, uh, uh, cubicle in between dates, I was made up as Blanco reading Jack uh, Cacao. Like, he was just reading, just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, so I made the chaos, and I certainly the actors did what they could to cope. Hanging out in Bangkok bars uh, at night at at, uh, at night and the gym during the day. Um, between me and Vega, uh, Ken, played by Damina Chapa, and Zangief Andrew, Andrew Berinsky, there was definitely a lot of machismo going on, says man. Uh, this wasn't Sleepers in Seattle. It was one of the... It was, it was, he said, it was who had the biggest biceps today. <laughs> so <laughs> I love Ming Na Wen. Mm-hmm. I love what she says in this. Um, Ming Na, who played Chong Li, she actually went under like intense weight training and led up to, uh, to lead up to the film and remembers it very differently. Um, she says, they were all big wussies. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, I won't name names, but I got into one of those brother sister banter relationships with one of the other actors. I remember one day I punched him so hard he cried. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So here's where the Van Damme shit comes in. Okay. Okay. Jean-Claude Van Damme stood out as the archetype, archetypical, whatever. He was a movie star. Mm -hmm. He had an ego to match, right? Mm -hmm. Jean-Claude Van Damme later admitted he also came to Street Fighter with a major cocaine habit. At one stage in the 1990s, he was hovering 10 Gs a day. I'm sorry, 10 grams a day and $10,000 a week on cocaine. I've never spent that much money on cocaine. Like of all the times I bought cocaine, never reached that number. Jesus Christ. He says, "Um, I couldn't take, I couldn't talk about it at the time, but I can now. John Claude was coked out of his mind, says D'Souza. The studio was, had hired a wrangler to take care of him but unfortunately the ranker himself was a bad influence <laughs> we, don't, we don't mean to laugh at like his addiction but this shit is just it we we can't help it well and some people aren't really addicted to cocaine they just fucking love it for a while yeah yeah but he but van damme van damme admitted that he had a cocaine habit and he like he cleaned himself up and you know he's doing great now uh john cloud was calling calling in sick so much i had to keep looking through the script to find something else to film i couldn't just sit around for hours waiting for him on two occasions the producers allowed me to go to hong kong and both occasions he came back late on mondays he just wasn't there at all Mm. like at all 
So Hyatt, uh, Hyatt comes back and says, there was one time, talking about Van Damme, he said, there was one time he was in the trailer and he was quite pissed. My assistant couldn't uh, get him out. I couldn't get him out. So I had to call the producer, Chad Ro- Rosen, uh, to get him out. Then he came out with a bottle of champagne. I told him it wasn't against, it was against health and safety to have alcohol on set. From that point on, he hated me. <laughs> um, and some of the actors were like frustrated. Mm. at him as well um uh seth uh ros and seth the guy who played dalsim he said he had the presidential suite at the hotel with the gym put into his room sometimes he wouldn't turn up on set the measures would come through from him saying i have to pump up my muscles and that was it <laughs> like that was it he just wouldn't show up uh however robert monin he actually had a good relationship with him he says like because like they were like mates and um they, or they were friends on like character wise mm-hmm. that like they would just hang out and like have a few drinks and stuff like that. So he was yeah. he, he was like, yeah, he was an all right guy. Perspective. Yeah. Okay. So Van Dam had also confessed that he was having an affair with Kylie McNoe during the filming. <laughs> um, McNoe was hired because D'Souza saw her uh, like in a magazine, in a People magazine, like on his way to Australia. And he was like, I want her. Mm-hmm. Okay, now despite all this, like, um, the cast and crew love McNeil. Okay, this, this is how much of a trooper she was. She was a true professional. Um, oh, this is from uh, this is from Highgate. Uh, she was a true professional. She was absolutely wonderful. During the filming, she actually hired out a, a club for the cast and crew to have a good time because it was a tough shoot. She bought all the drinks and everything. Uh, when uh, uh, Mingna Wen con- concurs, uh, we been. We bonded on set because we were the only two girls. We went out to dinner a lot. She's lovely and she was a sweet human being. Was- I get that from her. And yeah. honestly, I have a hard time with female characters usually because they're really fucking whiny in how they're written and everything. Mm-hmm. And even though she didn't really give a whole lot to mm-hmm. the film, I really liked her presence. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what it... Plus, like, I always had a crush on her when I was younger, too. Oh, yeah. I, I was... I don't, I don't know what she looks like now, but I remember back then I had a huge crush on her, too. Yeah. So, um, I, I would I would really believe that. Yeah. Um, so, then, you know, the article goes into, like, Raul Julio's, um, his presence on set. So, Robert uh, Monin, the Australian actor, he said he was a joy to be uh, on, to see him on set. Like, he was a joy just, just to be with him on set. Mm-hmm. Um uh, he says, Julia, he wasn't a movie star. He wasn't a celebrity. He was an actor in the true sense of the word. The focus and the concentration he maintained are things I've carried with me for the rest of my career. When he stepped on the set, he was the character. Um, uh, and Seth also said, uh, he used to sneak out at night like a tomcat. He would go off gambling with a big Havana cigar clenched between his teeth. I could totally picture Raul Julia doing that. Uh, I thought he was uh, terrifically romantic. Um, so... When the filming ended, it still was not done. The challenge was still not over. Several pages of the script had not been shot. And D'Souza looked at some of the, the climactic fight scenes. He realized the choreography was patchy and boring. <laughs> so he recalled several stars, set up an identical bunch of sets at a studio in Vancouver, and he reshot the movie. Mm-hmm. I also read somewhere that, like, uh, Julia, Raw Julia brought his wife and kids on set Mm -hmm. and he's and i can't remember who said this but someone had said that like they got a sense that his kids knew what was going to happen that like he didn't have a whole lot of time left so that's why his like family was there um 
So while D'Souza was shooting this film, he was like trying to get for like a PG-13 rating. That was like, that's what he was trying to get. And he had, uh, he says, I was confident I, confident I shot a PG-13 film. I had worked in TV for years and the shows I did, like Knight Rider, were co- co- uh, considered family entertainment. I knew my way around the ratings, but a week before returning the movie, the MPA, the MPAA, there had been a school shooting. They gave it an R rating. Oh, shit. <laughs> D'Souza said, listen, we'll just have to cut back. So we took out any places where we saw blood. We submitted it again. Still an R rating. Now we started to take out some of the shots where impact was shown, like a punch would land. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm cutting away, cutting it back, back, back. And finally, we handed it in. <laughs> they gave the movie a G rating. What the fuck? <laughs> what? As said, that would have been the kiss of death. No teenager wants to see a G film. <laughs> <laughs> so the what they do, add stuff back in? So this is what they added. <laughs> D'Souza said, so I had Jean-Claude come in for one day and I added a line, four years of ROTC for this shit. That got us back to PG-13. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> the same shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, the article just goes about, like, there's, there, I mean, th- for, like, all, like, the nightmare and the troublesome this movie took to be made. I mean, it's still memorable. It made a profit. There's a lot of rem- memorable lines, like, uh, the bison line, for you, the day bison grazing your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um Ming Na Wen said, I'll be perfectly honest, I was a little concerned when I saw the film. I came, uh, I came from uh, Carnegie Mellon University. I studied uh, seriously as an actor. I did experience in the theater. I can look back with fond memories now, but there were some cringe-worthy moments. At the time I was shooting ER, because Ming Na Wen was on ER for, I think, for like four or five seasons or something like that. Um, she says... At the time I was shooting ER, I remember saying to George Clooney, oh, gosh, I think my career might be over. He said, oh, honey, it takes a lot to kill a career. I should know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the Street Fighter. That's the story of the Street Fighter. That's what fucking happened. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, it was such a joy reading this fucking article. Mm. I was just like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> I would have loved to have been on that set just to see that chaos. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, what do we got now? Now we are going to do our geriatric cinematic of Street Fighter. After seven months of fighting, the civil war in Shadaloo may have reached the turning point. The capital has just fallen. In December 1994, the forces of freedom will face a power-mad dictator in a struggle for the fate of the world.
Mal and various other martial arts heroes fight against the tyranny of dictator M. Bison and his cohorts. What does M stand for? I don't know. Holy shit. That's been bothering me. Yeah, let me see. While you look that up, I will tell you it was directed and written by Stephen E. D'Souza, stars Jean-Claude Van Damme, Raul Julia, and Ming-Na Wen. Oh, I remember this now. Okay, okay, now I remember this. Now I remember this. So check this out. Check this out. In the Japanese version of Street Fighter, a boxer character who we knew as Balrog was actually called M. Bison. Mm-hmm. The reason why he was M. Bison? Mike Tyson. Jesus Christ. Not even joking. I remember hearing that story. <laughs> um, but they switched it around. Okay. That's it. <laughs> All right. Okay, so Street Fighter, 1995 Street Fighter. I remember when this movie was coming out. Ooh, I was excited. I mm. love Street Fighter. Uh, Street Fighter Mortal Kombat was my normal rotation. Was it my normal rotation of playing video games? Trailer came out. I was still excited because it starred John claude Van Damme. Mm. I was a huge fan of Van Damme when I was growing up. Huge fan of Raul Julia because of the Adams Family. Mm-hmm. This movie's got to be fucking fantastic. It's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. The movie ended, and I was like, oh, shit, that was bad. <laughs> um, this is considered one of the worst video game movies of all time. Mm-hmm. But it has, like, it's garnered, like, a hardcore, like, love, nostalgic love for it. Because it's, like, it's good, bad. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, you know, but... That's not why we do the show, because Kelsey doesn't have that nostalgia attachment to it. Mm-hmm. So, Kelsey, mm-hmm. what did you think of Street Fighter? It was nuts. <laughs> yes. And not in the good way. Oh, shit. Okay, okay. All right. First of all, mm-hmm. you were talking about the fight choreography. Mm-hmm. I got a sense. It's funny, because you said Ming-Na Wen had done some weight training and this and that. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time with her fighting scenes because it seemed like she was mostly just like spinning around in place sometimes and like mm-hmm. in a very fumbling kind of way. I think that kind of goes into the choreography, but like getting physically ready, I like I don't doubt that whole physical red, the whole. Her she, I mean, she was like stealthy and mm. like she could do things, but like, like to where she is now, she looks like she's actually fighting. Yeah, like in uh, like Agents of Shield and stuff. Like yeah, that. like yeah. I didn't get any of that in Street Fighter. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, her character was too like girly. Chung Lee, yeah, okay. She was like really girly and like, like I don't know, like mm-hmm. she was still kind of like strong, like mm-hmm. strong willed, but she was very like her face was like too innocent or something. Oh okay. I don't know. I think I think that was. I think that was on purpose because they had to play up um, the idea that maybe Chung Lee is not like this badass character. I mean, even though it's kind of stupid to say that because it's fucking Chung Lee. She, um, I, I remember always wanting to play her in the game. Yeah, and, and she was always a fucking badass. Yeah, and even like Raul Jul, uh, Raul Julia's character in Bison kind of was like, no one has ever seen you fight. Blah 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 blah. And I guess it was supposed to be like this shocking, like, oh shit, she can like kick kick ass and. Truth be told, she like she's the one who gets her hands on Bison first. Yeah. So I did enjoy 
I actually enjoyed watching that again, her beat the shit out of Bison. Because mm-hmm. Bison's like a fucking monster in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I enjoyed him. Oh, God. Raw Julia fucking R.I.P., man. His performance. Fucking phenomenal. <laughs> like, fuck Anthony Hopkins. Give it to Raw Julia now. Yeah. <laughs> Give it the Oscar. <laughs> yeah, he hems the fuck up with his scenes. Mm. Um. I felt like the director was like, I feel like D'Souza was like, when he would like, uh, when uh, Raul Julia would finish a scene or whatever, mm-hmm. or he would kind of do it, D'Souza would be like, more, give me more. <laughs> um, what did you think? Okay, so what, what, did you, what else did you think of the fight choreography? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Mostly just chaos. Like, I didn't really <laughs> get a lot of fight. Mostly just running and chaos. Yep, that's what the movie's known for. Um, so I couldn't really tell you what I thought about the fight choreography because I remember being not when and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And mostly it was like, well, there was there was like the fight. Oh, and then with the fucking knife that bothered me. Okay, you have this knife, and you're like, you know, doing your thing to intimidate your opponent. Mm-hmm. You know, whipping the knife around and shit, and yeah. you just throw it into the wall. Because it shows how much of a badass he is. I don't need no knife. I'll fuck you up anyway. That was stupid. <laughs> that was stupid. Uh, he could have just done what the other guy did. Like, nah, I don't need that. You saw about, you saw about the Vega with the claws? When they had the the red pillow with the, the other guy's stuff on it. And he was like picking it up and looking at it. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, nah. Yeah, yeah. That's Vega yeah. with the claws. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, because, like, with this movie, like, there really isn't any fighting until, like, a good 40 minutes, I think, mm-hmm. maybe. Like, like even, even as I'm thinking about it now, like, the only time I remember, like, any, like, real fighting was, um... I that g- one jump. What one jump? With John claude I don't know who did the jump, but it was like one jump with one leg out, and he just kind of like. Oh, the Ryu kick! Yeah, he did the the, the Tatsu the Hatsu, the the spinning <laughs> yeah. kick. That was and, funny. Yeah, you can tell like they were just like, like they the put him on like a platform or some shit. It I, know, I like. think I think they they pulled him up like a like a uh, like rope or something, like whatever kind of string or mm-hmm. harness. A harness. There you go. They put him on a harness because they put him on the harness, and you can tell they pulled him up and they spun him really fast. <laughs> and he was like, "Stick your leg out!" And he just spun him. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, and it kind of goes with the old. Uh, he knows the old Hadouken. <laughs> <laughs> that you showed me because you're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. Because you know what? Because that's the funny thing. Because I remember, I actually missed it, and I was watching. Yeah, but I think I blinked. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember that watching that as a kid and being like, "Wait, did he just hit him with like a flashlight?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, so what did you? Okay, so there's a. So let's start. Okay, before we get off the fight. Um, fighting. What do you what do you think at least about the the, the fight between Guile and Bison? You know, John Claude Van Damme and Raw Julia. Mm, I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. Like it was still kind of chaotic. I don't. I really feel like I had a hard time wrapping my head around most of what was going on. Yeah. But I liked it because I pretty much just like Raul Julia. <laughs> 
And like, even though it's like Raw Drew just getting his ass kicked. Yeah, I didn't care because he did it with style. <laughs> and then he did it with finesse, <laughs> like a Shakespearean actor. <laughs> but my favorite part mm-hmm. was after he like defeated him the first time. Uh-huh. And then I was like, what is going on with his suit? <laughs> and it was like giving him chest compressions. And yeah. it was like he's like inflating and deflating boobs or some shit. Yeah, like, yeah. That was weird, but then all of a sudden it was like a shock. It was like giving him adrenaline and like, I'm like, what the fuck? Exactly. And then he's like back and he's like on speed. I know. Like, I have lightning powers now. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh shit. All yeah. right. Yeah. He's like, cause there's like that part where John Clavent Dam says, um, whatever happened to like, uh, not using weapons or fighting without weapons. He goes, this is electronic magnetism. He was just like, dude, you're in bison. You're supposed to be whooping ass all the time. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and it's so ridiculous how he like his given. I mean, I think I think this version, the version we saw, uh, it probably was. My guess is it was the Blu-ray version because some of the some of like the practical effects looked like really legit. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, what did you say about the platform that he was riding? What did I say about that? The one that bison was like on. on. No, I know. Oh, like I thought it was like a scissor lift. Yeah, but you had said like you said like it looked so good it looked unnatural, or some some of the sort. You were just like you're like because I remember you had commented saying something about like it, like it, it almost like it, it almost like kind of blew your mind of like how cleaned it looked. Oh, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't about that thing itself. Mm. It was just how clean like I said, it's really weird when I see an old movie mm. when it looks so clean like that. Yeah. Um it, it didn't really have anything to do with the effects. It was just like how crisp everything was oh, okay. in, in the scene. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Um so yeah, like this movie, like it it, it doesn't really for any of the characters that like use their their signature signature moves, they happen at like very random times and it kind of like half ass. Uh, like the part where uh, Ken uh, does his dragon punch, mm-hmm. but like it's just the guy just kind of like crouching and then standing up really fast and punching him. Like that's it. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> and like even like they have there's that scene where like Ihanda is fighting Zangief mm-hmm. which they try to like really make it like super funny but it to me it was just like this is dumb also Ihanda was like i felt bad for him the actor yeah why is that because he's kind of cool in the beginning like i mm-hmm. actually kind of like him for most of it mm-hmm. but once they tear his shirt in the back like that i had Lost all respect for him. His <laughs> dignity was out the window because he's just running around with a shirt like that the whole time. Yeah. Like, if I was the actor, if, if I was that character, I would have, like, ripped some of the material off, at least. So it wouldn't be, like, these long dangly pieces. I don't know. It was, like, fucking weird. Or just uh, take the shirt off. Peter Navy Tayasopo. I think that's how you say his name. Yeah, his, like, with the Honda thing, it's weird because like the honda thing is like um they're like giving the reasons of like oh this is why he's gonna have like his like somewhat signature like sumo skirt thingy or whatever like oh it's just a ripped shirt that he like wears around his waist also the other thing is that they play hawaiian music but they call him a sumo yeah he's a hawaiian sumo but like 
He's Samoan. Yeah, he's Samoan. And like, Ihonda is known for being Japanese. Yeah. Like, they they like really alter some of these characters' nationality, which is actually very, I want to say it's like significant to the story of Street Fighter, but like, like literally in the game, you're like, you fly to a next location and it's like, Japan. USA, USSR, like stuff like that. Like Guile, mm-hmm. which I, like, even as a kid, I thought that casting was weird. I was like, why do you get Jean-Claude Van Damme to play Guile? Guile was like straight up American, mm-hmm. right? And Jean-Claude Van Damme does not hide the fact that he has a thick ass, like, Brussels Actually, accent. Actually, he does hide it. I feel like he does hide it. Not good, uh-huh. but it wasn't as thick as I've heard. Like, it felt like he tried uh-huh. really hard to be a little bit more coherent. In his speaking. Maybe that cocaine kind of like. Maybe. <laughs> made that American accent like <laughs> better pop out. So Wes, Wes Studi. Okay. Wes Studi is the guy who played Sagat. Mm-hmm. All right. Victor Sagat. Sagat is from Thailand. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, I think he's from Thailand. Which guy is this? That's the guy with the eye patch. Okay. Okay. Taiwanese. Uh-huh. Can you guess what what nationality West what nationality West Studi is? No. Just just throw out just throw out what do you, what do you think he might be? Russian. That, that dark ass man's Russian. I don't know. I've seen weirder shit. Cherokee. What? <laughs> so they had two Native Americans in this fucking movie. Who's the other Native? Oh, oh, you talking about the guy who played T Hawk? Yeah. Uh, no. T-Hawk. Let me find the actor. Oh, I'll take that back. Let me see. T-Hawk, played by Greg Rainwater. So maybe he's of some... uh, Yeah, but he was wearing that fucking headband that was like Native American theme. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he was the character known as T-Hawk. I I remember seeing... Let me see. T-Hawk... I'm sorry. Oh, wow. That's why. So Greg Rain... It's so funny. Okay, check. This is so fucking funny. So Sagat is supposed to be Taiwanese, right? Played by a Cherokee. A Cherokee actor. Mm -hmm. Okay. Greg Rainwater is Cherokee, Irish, and Filipino descent. (laughs) So we're just like, why didn't they just get the full Cherokee person? Because like... Because he wasn't intimidating enough. He looked like a child. That dude... Who? The Greg Rainwater or the... Greg Rainwater. He looked like fucking... Um, the guy from Neverending Story. Oh, the dude uh, who wrote the whole... Uh, what's his name? Uh, let me see if we find the guy. He looks like him. He does look like him. Holy shit. Uh, let me find the cat's Just name. Maybe like a little darker, like a little... Let me find the cat's less name. Less feminine. I don't know what the kid's name is. That's not Bastian. Bastian... Oh, uh, Noah Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Oh, Atreyu. There you go. Atreyu, Atreyu, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you remember... Okay, you remember what that T-Hawk guy looks like, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is what he's supposed to be. <laughs> a big-ass-looking character. Not just that. First of all, he looked like a fucking modern-day pirate. <laughs> okay. And not just because of the eye patch, but because he's wearing, like... You mean the headband? I'm talking. I'm talking about Greg Rainwater played T Hawk. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I'm talking about Greg Rain. Oh, let me let me show you Sagat. Yeah, that's that's who I thought you were showing. Okay, no, no, that's no, that's that was supposed to be T Hawk, but that dude looked nothing like T Hawk. Right? <laughs> no. Not even like he looked like his 
runt of the litter fucking kid. <laughs> like, dude, at least do some push-ups. Okay. <laughs> so let me show you what Sagat... Okay. Let me just show you what Sagat is supposed to look like. This is Sagat. Okay. See... The only thing he, the only thing that but West, the other guy's face is too skinny. He's too white. Like yeah, like West Tootie who played Victor Sagat. He at least got the like right color. He has the eye patch. He's bald. That's it. <laughs> but but I think he was actually lighter than that. This guy is Tanner. No, West Tootie was dark as shit. I don't think so. Let me let me show you a uh, picture of West Tootie. Besides, he looks like a fucking pirate. West Tootie looks like a pirate? Yeah, because of how long his face is. Uh, I guess. I mean, it's, maybe I he guess. played a pirate. I bet she played a pirate. Uh, he played a lot of. He, well, his most famous role was like Last of Mohicans, where she won an Oscar for. Legit. He played a lot. What did he play in that? Uh, West Tootie, he played. What did he play in Last of the Mohicans? Did he play a Mohican? He did play a Mohican. Uh, West Tootie. I just like saying that name, West Tootie. I bet you're saying it wrong, too. I probably am. It's probably West Tootie. I think it's Tootie. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Why look up this guy? Tell me, what you think? Anything of the performance that, like, that you might have enjoyed? I like Kylie Minogue. She looked like she was just trying to have a lot of fun. She looked like if someone gave her an actual chance, I bet you she could be an actress. I could have sworn she, she was stuff. really good at like emoting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I felt I felt her presence even if she didn't really have significance in the role. Yeah, it's it's funny because like her character is like really playful, and that's not the Cammy character like at all. No, Cammy's is Cammy. Her 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 backstory is like all fucked up. Uh, West Study he played uh, looks like Magua, M A G U A M A G Magua Magua yeah, mm-hmm. and less of the Mohicans. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, 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 I did like Kylie Minogue in this movie, in Street Fighter. You know who I do like, and I—he's not that good of an actor, but I just like seeing him. Um, what's his name? Uh, Byron Mann, the guy who played uh, Ryu. Yeah, I didn't like him. I kind of liked him. I was just like, yeah, whatever. I, I, I guess because I'm a sucker for like the Ryu character. Granted, that should no, make. Okay, I, I know I liked that character too. Mm-hmm. Growing up. Like, oh yeah, Ryu? for whatever I played, yeah. Street Fighter. Yeah, I didn't care for how he was in the movie. Like I felt yeah. like he just got lost in the shuffle. He didn't bring anything. Like that's true. That's true. But he, it's funny because like his character. Okay, I guess I guess because I like I guess I like his portrayal because I just like because his character was a bit fun, even though that's not the Ryu character because that's actually supposed to be the Ken Masters character who's always supposed to be like funny and sarcastic and like. Like with good jokes and stuff and like that. He was like a like, tiny bit, but not much. Who the guy who played Ken Masters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that Ken Masters guy just come off as a real asshole. And that, the fact, that's what I mean. And the fact that like both of these characters are like gun smugglers, like but, what? It, but it's weird because I thought I heard later on in the movie uh-huh. that they weren't actually gun smugglers. Like one of them kind of was, like uh, the Ken Masters guy. Yeah, kinda. But, like, they were actually try. It sounded like they were trying to, like, be undercover doing something. Yeah, but, like, that's... But they don't no- really explain what. Yeah, exactly. Or who yeah. they were trying to help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just sounds like, oh, you got me into this shit. Like, 
and then that's it. Ta-da! Yeah, it's like we got to And then this... instead of doing whatever they were doing, they ended up helping these other people instead. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and now I remember, they're con artists. <laughs> I didn't know that when I saw the movie. No. I'm looking at it at Wikipedia. Apparently, they're con artists. I was like, mm. what? That's not them at all. I think the only character that's actually true... The only the only character in this movie that's actually true to the Street Fighter like lore is M Bison because mm-hmm. he's psycho. <laughs> Except he, he's he's that, my favorite. Yeah, he's psycho. But this this M Bison's a little bit more fun. But he's psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy who played Vega, mm-hmm. I think that he played that. Yeah, that's Vega. Just all pretty. It's <laughs> all looks and shit like that. Mm-hmm. That's Vega. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like Balrog is like a cameraman and E Honda works in the. And I thought it was weird. Like Chun Li was like a reporter and yeah. then she could fight. And I'm like, what? Yeah, because her, her organization, she's with like, if I remember her, she's with like Interpol mm. with her character. Yeah, she, yeah, she's an Interpol because her father was killed by Bison and her father was like a cop or something like that. Mm. But yeah, they make her. It's like, it's like. It's like D'Souza was like, okay, I got to give everybody reasons why we are just all coming together. They're con artists. They're a reporter. Blah, 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 blah. You know? Yeah. You know, we're not actually having this thing. It did the same thing as Mortal Kombat. We're not having an actual tournament at all. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. shit happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, And then there's... uh. Oh, what did you think of? Z- I feel like you liked Zangief. I don't know something because he—he yeah. was sexy. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, you seem to have been like laughing every time like the camera moved to him for like a reaction shot because you just love his facial expressions. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing because he was just like, like there was no purpose. He was <laughs> just like, oh, they're fighting. Oh. <laughs> Plus, I liked his beard. Every it was so clean and like nice. <laughs> Nice beard. And I liked his eyes and his eyebrows. His oh eyebrows my. were expressive. Like No no mohawk? You didn't like his mohawk? I did. Oh damn. I don't like mohawks, but I liked his. Maybe maybe that's what you need. Uh, you need a, a huge Russian like Zangief who uh in his off time he likes to wrestle bears. Yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah. Um so we okay. Maybe that's what happened to Larry. <laughs> My cousin Larry. Yeah. Oh, he fought Zangie and lost. Yeah, he's, now he's just he's like homeless. Fucked up. He's just fuck, that fucked him up. Yeah, he's like, oh shit, what's the purpose of my life now? Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, what, what's your take on on the Carlos Blanca plot? <laughs> Huge eye roll for me. First of all, they don't call him. Carlos Blanca. They call him Carlos Blanca. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, they call him Blanca. Because they didn't spell it with a C. They spelled it with a K. Well, I mean, it's it's spelled with a K even in the video game. But, like, it's pronounced Blanca. But they decided to call him Blanca. Like, like for example, like Ry- Ryu. It's pronounced Ryu, but they call him Ryu. Hmm. Yeah. That was bullshit. <laughs> really? Like, there was no reason for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought his head expanding was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I thought the fact that they had that thing around his head uh-huh. and it was like his head couldn't expand 
naturally, so it took the shape of the square that his head was in. Yeah, the forehead is like, press that shit in. Yeah. I can see why they were trying to, they're like, I don't know how to make him look like that guy. <laughs> exactly. Like, how do you make this? And the fact that, like, they're, they, that D'Souza was like, oh, yeah, that Charlie character that gives the death of Charlie that gives Guy all the reason to go after him, Bison. Yeah, we're going to just make it Blanca. We're just going to mash our characters together. Charlie and Blanca. Boom. Yeah, and also, yeah, it's stupid because they're like, Carlos Blanca? Oh, you must be Charlie. Mm-hmm. I have never, ever heard of a Carlos <laughs> being called Charlie. I, You know, I wouldn't doubt that that exists, like, how some how some um, Latino folks, they'll, like, they'll, t- they'll have their Spanish name or their Latin name and mm-hmm. make it more Americanized, like Marie Mary or some shit like that. I, yeah, but most people don't do that. I know, but no, I, I've heard, I, like... Latin, Latin, like Latin conservatives and Republicans, mm. they want to oh. see more white. They kind, they do that, but like I wouldn't doubt that this actually does exist. But however, like the Carlos to Charlie ratio, but that would be Carl then. Uh, yeah, yeah, that could be Carl. Yeah, but I'm yeah. At the same time, I've never heard that. Like, oh, you must be Charlie. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like I think it's funny. Like, like Francisco's are all Poncho. What? I never heard that. Oh yeah, like uh, like my ex's name is Francisco. Yeah. But the nickname for Francisco mm-hmm. is Pancho. Did not know that. In Spanish. Or like Jose mm-hmm. is uh, Chepe. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So they have all like these names like... Um, <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Like it's weird. I don't know. Some of the female ones, I think, I don't know. They sound a little made up. Mm. So I don't know. But those ones are real. Gotcha. Um. So, I forgot this. Did you know there's a post-credit scene? No. In the post-credit scene, Bison's revived one more, one, once again amidst his ruined command center to try his hand at world conquest one more time. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Did they not know he was dying? I don't know. Like, no, they, no they, to... they had to know. I mean, like in the, 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 the article I read, like, they, they were like, knew, yeah, they yeah. knew. But... They probably could have been like, oh, yeah, if we got another in Bison. We'll just recast them. We'll recast them. We'll say Bison had a surgery. <laughs> um, oh, so lastly, what did you think of Van Damme's performance as Guile? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was just Van Damme just being Van Damme. I'm trying to think of, like, who would have been a better Guile at that time. Robert Redford? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he was when he was younger. Mm. So... But Brad like, Pitt. He was too young. Why not? <laughs> Ming Na Wen was probably like 17 when she made this movie. No. <laughs> no, nah, I was joking. Um, yeah. Because like Arnold Schwarzenegger have been too big and also can't do an English American accent either. Uh let me see. Famous let me let me look at the famous blonde actors. Because, I mean, Van Damme had, br- like, that hair was completely dyed. You can tell. It was orange. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's see who they could have got. Let me look for famous blonde actors of the 90s. Um, no, that's all too young. Let me see. Leonardo DiCaprio. I, I picture this show. I'm like, he's way too young. I'm like, James Vanderbeek. Um, let me see. And I'm trying to think, too, and I can't think of anybody. Uh, let me see, 1995. Because it's getting like it's giving me female actresses too, and I'm just trying to. 
Let me see if I can help you look. Okay, famous blonde actors of 95. Um, David Carradine? No, oh no, he was old. Hugh Grant? No. Owen Wilson? He might have been way too young at that time. Yeah, he was too young. <gasps> Corey Haim. <laughs> Who's that? You know Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, uh, Lost Boys? Like, oh, you gotta type. I Quite get a picture like a young Viggo Mortensen, maybe. Yeah? Yeah. Aragon from fucking uh, Lord of the Rings. Hmm. Let me, oh, here. All right, let me just find famous actors in 95. Uh, let me see. Uh, let's see. Hollywood. There's like a young Thor. Oh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, Brian Bonsworth. He could have played Guile. Let me watch. Type in like Brian Bonsworth. Uh, let me see. Brian Bonsworth. He did this movie called like. He was a football player who became an actor. Really? He could have played Guile. Okay. He could have totally played Guile. Like, he did this movie called like. Cold Steel or some shit. Mm-hmm. Stone Cold, 1991. <laughs> he could have played Guile. Fucking Rutger Hauer could have played Guile. Mm-hmm. Gary Busey. <laughs> maybe he could have, but I think by that time, maybe he was already. Okay, look up. Okay, I, I want you to see Brian. Look like type up Brian Bronsworth. I want you to see, look Brian Bronsworth. Brian Brian Bosworth. It's a B O S W O R T H. Oh yeah, he could have played oh, God. Yeah, he, yeah, he could have totally. And then type in like Stone Cold, because that was that was the movie he did. He's perfect, six two. He was six two at that well, time. Well, there's even pictures of him with the fucking flat top. Exactly, he could. <laughs> no, he was funky looking in that picture. He totally could have played God. He could have though. Yeah, he, he could have was... totally played Guile. Yeah, there's like this picture of him. With his arms across his chest? Oh, I see what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, ESPN. That's fucking film. weird as shit, but yeah. all right. Okay, anyway, all right, all right, all right. That, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, because we're going pretty long now. <laughs> okay, Kelsey, all right. <laughs> Do you even have to ask me this question? <laughs> yes! Does this film still hold up? <laughs> Maybe it's Maybelline. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. I can't wait to show my daughter this movie. Oh, I probably show her tomorrow. Fuck it, why not? <laughs> I showed mine the story of Riccio. <laughs> I showed my daughter that movie. Oh, that's <gasps> that's what we're watching this weekend. Fuck yeah, I'm gonna show her Riccio. Story <laughs> Riccio. The girls still bring it up. The story of Riccio, really? <laughs> all right. And then you gotta you gotta look at that one scene too, where they're all like, hmm, with their hands because uh, yeah, they didn't yeah. notice that before. Uh, so Kelsey, you don't think it holds up? No. Oh, it definitely doesn't hold up. I still love the shit out of this crappy ass movie. I don't. Goodbye. Uh, Hate this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you love it though. I still I mean, love it. It's know. it's so bad. This is a movie that's like it's hey, not even good bad to me. I think it's good bad, especially if you're drinking. Yeah, and we weren't. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Um Alright, so is that it? Yeah. Alright, alright, so we're done. We're done. Uh, we want to thank everybody for joining us for this week's episode. Uh, we especially would like to thank um, the folks at yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, uh, they are hosting our podcast on their website. Uh, for your film news and TV news, you know, you want to go to yourentertainmentcorner.com, mm-hmm. uh, where our lovely co-host Kelsey Loizel is actually about to uh, 
work on her next review. Mm-hmm. She showed me the trailer for this movie. It looks pretty interesting, but uh, I won't have time to watch it with her. But I can't wait to. Suck. I'm sorry, I got school. Fuck. Drop out. So you oh, you movie. would punch me in the face if I did that. <laughs> I would. You would stay straight. Oh, kick you'd be like, my I'm ass. not talking to you anymore. Seriously, you fucking. You gonna be about it or you gonna bitch about it? That's what you would say to me. <laughs> um. So yeah, you can find this episode and all our past episode on all podcast catchers. We're on Spotify. Uh, I'm about to say Hulu. <laughs> you do that almost every week. Too. I know Spotify, Podbean, Apple. What's the other one? Verbal. Verbal. Amazon, Pandora. We're all over the place. Um. So next week's show. Um, kind of looking forward to this. This movie actually looks pretty ridiculous. Me too. Uh, we're going to be doing a recent review on Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. Uh, starring Michael B. Jordan. Uh, that will be released on April 30th on Amazon Prime to stream. Uh, with that, we're going to do our geriatric cinematic, which will be The Hunt for Red October, the 1990 film. That is currently streaming on AMC TV or available to rent on Amazon, YouTube, Apple TV, and other VODs. Uh, the topic is uh, making your mark with the first impression. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we're going to bid everybody adieu. We hope everybody's being safe. Uh, wear your mask. Wash your hands. Take the goddamn vaccine if you got it. Let's go ahead and do it. Come on. I'm getting my second dose on Friday. I know. I'm getting my second on Monday or Tuesday, one of those days. But I'm, I'm happy about that. So, yes. <laughs> so before uh, we leave everybody out for the week, uh, I'm going to tell you guys a nice little story. Uh... I have shared many things from my past on this podcast. Um, I used to hang around with some shady characters, drug dealers and stuff like that. I mean, that was just whatever. I mean, I'm shady. Well, you said uh, you, you go underneath a, a, a tree or in shade. No. <laughs> but ants, I'm shade for ants. Oh, God. You stop it. Anyway. <laughs> so one day I was at my, I was at my buddy's house. Uh, and he used to like, he was a pusher, you know, he used to like, he was a hustler. He would kind of sell things on the side and stuff like that. I won't say. Push it. Yeah. <sighs> God. Anyway, <laughs> shut up. It's my story. <laughs> um, so like, I remember getting really high with him one day and, uh, he had like, he had uh, security cameras like around his house. Right. And he would have his monitors up all the time. Just to make sure, you know, he's not getting raided and how to react and everything. So one day I was at his house. We got really fucking stoned. And the corner of his eye, my friend's eye, I, oh, I'm sorry, the corner of my eye. I'm like, hey, man, like, what's that? And I pointed to the monitor. He go, he like gets up and he like looks and he sees like fucking cops, like, like about to circle the house and shit like that. Right. And I'm still kind of like baked and he's like freaking out and he's like looking and he's like, oh shit, 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 you know. And I'm just staring at the monitor and like the cops are like, you can tell they're forming, they're getting ready. They got the, what's that thing doing? The, the batter ram. The batter ram and everything. And they're like swinging it, right? And he's like, they're going, they're about to hit the door hard with it. And I'm staring at it, I'm staring at it. And I just watched Street Fighter because I looked at that monitor and said, quick, change the channel. <laughs> 